Welcome to the Branding with Video podcast, your one-stop shop to take your brand to the next level. If you're ready to learn the best tips and tricks in the industry to dominate your brand and become legendary, you've come to the right place. So strap in, listen up, and let's do this. On today's episode of the show, my friend Pat Gostek had me on his show, actually, so I wanted to post that here. I hope you guys enjoy it. There's a lot of gold nuggets here. Let's hop into it. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Productive Creators Podcast. My name is Pat Gostek. My today's guest is Zach Mitchum, who's my internet friend. We've worked on a couple of things together in the past, and now I'm really happy and glad to have you as my, as my guest on my, on my podcast. We are going to talk about podcasting, business, um, being a consultant, and uh, generally about, uh, about uh, productivity. So welcome to the show. I appreciate it. I'm super pumped to be on it. We've had a long relationship, just kind of keeping track of each other and uh, watching each other succeed and, and fail sometimes, but it's, <laughs> yeah. it's amazing. I'm excited to be on the show. Cool. Awesome. So Zach, um, it would be great if you could introduce yourself, like tell a little bit more about yourself, like where did all the things, uh, all your business stuff started? Like, yeah, just, just, um, put a little bit uh, light on, on your, your past and now what you're up to right now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, when I tell my story, I, I like to use the phrase, everything's kind of accidentally on purpose where I, I, I felt like I had this thing that I wanted to do and mm -hmm. it just always kind of fell out of reach. And so for me, for the longest time, I'd been interested in video, but I felt like the thing I needed to do because, you know, make money was to go and be a physician assistant, which is kind of like a medical professional, kind of like, but through everything that I've done, uh, video has been kind of something that I just felt passionate about. And so when I was going to school, I got interested in that and mm -hmm. found a mentor friend that was a YouTuber that quit his full-time job making so much money from YouTube that he could not travel internationally anymore and do sales and just make videos. I thought it was amazing. Um, so I decided to start doing that, took a couple of courses, um, took on some companies as clients, worked up through agencies, Fortune 500 companies, and it just... It was a real journey. Um, I've loved it. You know, last year, Evan Carmichael invested in my business and things just absolutely took off. And instead of working with just kind of anyone I saw a good, you know, like they had huge potential that I could help them with. We now work with some of the top thought leaders, entrepreneurs and podcasters in the world on YouTube. And it's just been absolutely amazing. Wow. Can you tell me like more about like how, how did the, the thing with uh, Evan happen? Like what, what, what's the backstory here? Yeah, so I was kind of accidentally doing some of the things that we now teach clients. It's something that Evan teaches, I mean, any of his friends or you know anyone mm -hmm. that uh, we're helping with YouTube. But um, I had a couple of clients. They had podcasts, and I had a few questions I couldn't answer. I was at the level where I, I couldn't figure out the answer to any of these questions. And mm -hmm. I heard on a video Evan give a half answer to one of the questions. It's like, I've got a, this guy has the answer. I know he does, just the way he was talking. So I listened to 40 hours of content to try to find the answer. I, I couldn't find the answer, but I decided to make a video out of it um, because I had already done the work for it. Mm -hmm. I tagged him and I was like, hey, I would love to have you on my show. Really, I just wanted to ask those few questions. Um, and he <laughs> sent me a video message back a couple hours later. Like, that's not normal. He has a little, huge following, especially on YouTube, but also Instagram and all the other places. He just happened to see it, sent me a message back, said, hey, let's do it. And when he came on the show, instead of me asking, I didn't ask a single question that I needed for clients. He's like, hey, cool. I, I see your business. You're not where you want to be. We're, let's take this. It was supposed to be a half hour. ended up being an hour. He's like, let's build you a six-figure consulting business right here. And I was like, okay, cool. And just dropped hints here and there that he wanted to invest in my business. And, and eventually that's exactly what happened. And 
my business has gone up exponentially. It's been awesome. Wow. So how, how many projects are you working on right now? Yeah. So projects, I mean, really it's, I work with clients. So I have, you know, different clients and sometimes a client is a single person. Sometimes it's a team of like 50 people. Like it just depends on what the channel um, entails. And so right now I have, you know, it varies between, you know, five and a dozen clients at mm -hmm. any given time. But, um, you know, usually people are sticking around for quite a while. So, um, you know, just so happens we had a couple pause. Uh, but honestly, outside of that, I, I do, I have my channel. I had a few channels. I kind of combined mm -hmm. them um, because it's more of a hobby. It doesn't really get me clients. It's more of me sharing the things that I'm learning and solidifying mm -hmm. my skills. Um, I actually am writing a book very, very slowly. Wow. Um, so that's kind of fun. But what's projects, it, what's, what's yeah. it going to be about? <laughs> uh, that one is actually called Accidentally on Purpose because that's come up so much in my life but it's business lessons that I've learned from having autism spectrum disorder. So my brain works differently than others. And there's a few unique lessons that I feel like everyone can learn from my experiences and hopefully they'll be helpful to at least a small group of people. Cool. Let's talk about that. Like how, yeah. how does it like, um, I think like with, with, with things like that, uh, you have your superpowers, but there are like yeah. weak, weak, weak parts of you where it's like, uh, I could imagine like, Focus is a thing, and uh, yeah. and like tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, yeah. So the the superpower part of having ASD um, is that I get so hyper fixated on things that I'm really interested in. YouTube happens to be that thing. Usually, I, I call it the six month test. If I get super interested <laughs> in something and it goes past six months, it's probably something I'm actually interested in. But if it's not, I'll, I'll burn it out in six months. I will spend so many hours thinking about it and just pouring over every little bit of information I can get on it that I just get tired of it if it's not a real passion. Um, you know, I started filming my first videos when I was 12 and I actually filmed my first YouTube video in 2008, didn't get posted. Um, but this has been something I've been interested in a long time and I've been doing this for years. And so that's the superpower. So hyper-focused. I can learn, mm -hmm. seriously, if, if I'm interested in it, I can learn something better in six to 12 months than most people do in three to five years. If I'm not interested, it's... <laughs> not even close. Like I, I won't learn at all because I don't care. And that's part of the weaknesses. All other things that I don't care about as much kind of fall into a bin that I never look in. I just, I don't care. Um, and so personal relationships sometimes are hard that way. I uh, work on that a lot because that is a weakness, but it's a great strength and great weakness. Yeah. So uh, do, do you have like often feel like you start projects and then like abandon it like really quickly just because like some little stuff is like not, not interesting <laughs> anymore. Like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I did that a lot. And before finding YouTube the way I have, it happened so much more frequently. Now it really, the task is I also have ADHD. So the task is just making sure my focus comes back to the most important things. Cause I'll be like, oh, hey, I found this cool, obscure thing about YouTube. It's like that, does that help your clients? No, is that like, <laughs> let's, let's come back. <laughs> What's actually gonna help your clients? Like, okay, cool, I, I, can, I can focus. I can like I I don't know if I, if I have like a spectrum or, or a thing, but I can totally relate to this. Where it's like yeah. I I obsess over like a small detail, like in, in the in the analytics of of YouTube, where it's like, yeah. dude, people don't care about it like <laughs> yeah. so much. And but but like the, at the same time, it's like exactly the same thing. Like I'm a YouTube consultant myself, so um like even within the company where I work at Tubix is like yeah. um, people just come to me because they want on the nitty-gritty details that like are like the one percent that is like exactly the thing that that people don't know like you yeah. that's uh, that's really interesting so 
But at the same time, so it, it means that uh, you have to have like a very broad passion, which is like video or like generally video marketing, uh, uh, I assume. Um, and uh, what helps you get back back on track, basically? So what what are some like techniques maybe? Like, because like if something gets boring, <laughs> I assume like you, you just lose interest and you, you just stop uh, um, caring, uh, caring about it. Uh, so what helps you get, get, get back on track? Yeah, I think there's a couple of things. One is, and so I have Evan, I meet with him every single week, message him almost daily. Um, having someone to kind of keep me on track has been huge and he mm -hmm. handles a lot of the things that I had a hard time with. And so the things I used to get distracted about and get really stressed over and just kind of debilitating, he's really taken over. And so if you can find a business partner, a mentor that, and mentor, not just, you know, hey, can I have your time, but someone that's financially invested in your success. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like it's the biggest life hack for any business or entrepreneur. Um, but if you have someone that can handle some of that stuff, you can focus on the thing that you're great at. Not so, everyone's going to be able to do that. Like an accountability, accountability partner. Kind yeah, of, kind of. yeah. In, in a sense, they need to have more investment in you succeeding though. Because I've had accountability partners in the past and my personality is difficult. Part of that is the you know autism spectrum disorder, but um, they'll kind of give up at some point where it's like, hey, you're just being really difficult on this. I have other things I'm busy with. But if they are, <laughs> if their success is tied to your success, they're not going to care. They're like, come on, man, like you really <laughs> need to get back to <laughs> the most important things. Um, so that's been really helpful. Uh, setting intentions the night before, so I have a list of three priorities and understanding how your body works. Like for me, I would I would get up early, I'd work out in the morning. And I wouldn't start my real day until, you know, eight after I took my kids to school. Um, I've read a couple of books under trying to understand how my body works better. And I realized that it's better for me to work out later and to do some of that deep thinking earlier in the morning. And mm -hmm. I've actually really liked it. I started eating breakfast in the morning, which I haven't done in a really long time, but my brain is working. So just trying to understand how you work best and testing things, I think is mm -hmm. absolutely huge because my schedule for someone else is going to be horrific. Most people don't want to be up at 530. I'm upset if I'm not up at 530 because I, I know my day is not going to go well. Mm -hmm. um, so some of those things. And then my wife is actually, the business is doing so well that we're trying to, uh, you know, get her more into the business. And um, she's actually taking some care of some of the organization things that I'm really terrible at. And so that's also helped as well. Yeah, me too. Me, whenever I talk to you, I, I feel I have this feeling I, I have the a very similar personality to you. So it's yeah. like kind of like the organization, like, uh, so I had like three workshops, uh, in the past, uh, month and I needed yeah. to organize like the trips, uh, hotel rooms, um, and like generally like flights and stuff like yes. this, like not only for myself, but also like for my colleagues who like, okay, who I took with me. And it was like the, the most ter like ter the terrific experience, uh, just like. I, I, I'm not, um, I'm not created for organizing, you know, like, yeah. or like scheduling stuff. I yeah. love when, when like people just uh, send me, uh, the invitation to in the calendar, it's there. Yeah. So I will be there, yep. but <laughs> it's kind of it like end up in the calendar. You don't end up there. <laughs> yeah. If, if it's not in the calendar, it doesn't exist. I didn't talk, I didn't talk about it. So it's yeah. sometimes really, uh, horrible to, you know, to admit it, but it's like, Oh, I, 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 it wasn't there. Like I, yeah. I can remember we, we, we talked about it, but we didn't schedule anything. Uh -huh. So yeah, <laughs> uh. but yeah, it's, it's, um, 
accepting just how the, the way you you work um mm-hmm. like you know, your body works like your brain works uh just um helps you just become more focused i would say yeah. uh so you have your three prior like what are the things on your list like if you have like three yeah. things uh, that you write down the day before what are those things uh, yeah usually it's the things i like because of how my brain works i know there's a few things I'm going to like subconsciously do everything that I can to get that done. So working out, my I've done it for well over a decade now, almost two decades now. And my body's like, I need to work out. I have to do this. And so subconsciously, I will move other things to make that happen. So that's not one of my priorities because I already know subconsciously it is. It's things like um, running A-B tests for my clients. That's something that is mm-hmm. tedious. It's not something I love to do, but it's something that is important for success for my clients. So I need to make sure that gets done early. Um, There's a couple of clients, we don't really offer this too often, but more of a full service type deal. And there's a couple of things I don't like doing, but I need to make sure that they're taken care of every day or at least scheduled out for the week. And so I take care of that. Those things that I know are going to get missed or forgotten, or I really don't want to do, the hard things, I do those first. And so those three priorities are usually in that category. If there's only one for the day, then maybe I'll take some of the other things that could be done earlier in the day and just make sure it, it's my hyper-focus list. I have an okay. hour and a half between when I get up and when I need to start getting my kids ready for school. And so it's what can I bust out as fast as possible. So what, what are the things that you're really good at where you excel? What are the good things? Oh, I love my strategy calls. That's probably my favorite. Um, I I like them a lot more when the teams that I'm working with have questions. One of the, yeah. you know, <laughs> I yeah. recently brought on a new client and I always do a first strategy call for free just to make sure they see the value, make sure it's a good fit. And usually yeah. it's just, there's no pitch in there. I, in fact, I've had a couple of clients at the end. They're like, so where's the pitch? I'm like, what pitch? <laughs> there's like, the pitch. <laughs> yeah. Like, how do I work with you? I'm like, well, this is how you could work with me. And they're like, well, how much does it cost? I, I want to hire you. And so they're pitching me on hiring me. I'm like, okay, perfect. Um, but- perfect niche. <laughs> yes, exactly. If it's like yeah. 20 minutes and I, we're grinding through it, it's like, oh, this is not not good. But it was an hour and 20 minute call and it was just question after question after question. And they're like, hey, cool, we're going to sign up. And then another 15 minutes of other questions. So like, we're sorry, this is the last question I promised. And it was like <laughs> last question for like an hour, which it was mm-hmm. amazing. I love it. I can, you know, strength wise, if you come to me with your problem and what your goal is, I can get you there. If you come okay. to me and say, hey, we just, we want to do better. And we don't have like tell us how to do it. Mm-hmm. I can help, but it's so much easier for me to contextualize for you because my brain has this array of information because of well, I love YouTube. It's like, well, we could start in a million different places, but <laughs> where are you struggling yeah. right now? So, okay. So, what's your uh, tell me a little bit about your outreach strategy? Like, or generally, like, how do you get business? Yeah. Secret sauce. How to grow your business. <laughs> yeah. You need exactly. to grow your business. Listen up. Um, so there's a few different ways that we teach on how to do it, but the ways we teach, there's a very few businesses that it doesn't work for in ours and to be one of those. Um, and so we, we go about outreach a little bit differently. So I've tried a, a couple of variations on this, but I'll explain the variation I'm on right now. Um, right now I, I do my research. I try to find a perfect client for me. There's a lot of people I could work with. Um, but right now, I love YouTube podcasting. YouTube is making moves on podcasts. That's who I've been working with. Like my second client ever was a YouTube podcast. So, and 
it's just been my passion. So uh, that's really where I'm focusing. So I try to find a good podcast that meets the criteria for, you know, I, this is building their business. It's not just a hobby or a passion project. Like this mm -hmm. is could actually move the needle for them. I reach out and just say, Hey, I love the show. Love what you're doing. Very, very briefly explain, you know, me and my business partner, Evan Carmichael work with some of the best entrepreneurs, thought leaders and podcasters in the world on YouTube. And before I was asking a question, now I'm just going forward. I'm saying, Hey, I have three big ideas that I know will help your channel this year. Here's a quick video for you. I hope it's helpful. And the call to action at the end of that video is top mm -hmm. on a call. But really, I'm, I'm looking at their channel. It's a five to 10 minute video and I'm giving like gold as if they paid me. Like what are the three things that they can do for spe their channel specifically? It's not this general thing. I'm actually going through their channel and looking mm -hmm. through things. Mm -hmm. And at the end of that, usually they're like, that was amazing. Like wh mm -hmm. when can we book a call? And it's, it's giving the thing that they want most for free before they hire mm -hmm. you. So it's not holding back. Like a lot of people like just, uh, fear that if you give them away the kind of like the secret sauce yeah. that people will not buy, but it actually the opposite, uh, uh, is true where you just like, you give value upfront and then there's like this reciprocity, uh, kind of thing going on where mm -hmm. it's like, oh he gives gives this knowledge for free like i'm i'm really curious to to hear what's what's on the other side kind of like when i work with him yeah yeah 100% and the the thing that i've come to learn and i i don't think i would have learned this for a long time if evan wasn't a you know business partner and mentor but there's for me as a strategy consultant there's five fundamentals that we are really focused on. It's the it's the basics where like, mm -hmm. you know, the beginners don't want to, they want to know the intermediate stuff and the intermediates want to know the advanced stuff. But when you're advanced yeah. and you understand what really works, you want to know the basics better. We're through, like, we are the advanced. We know that the basics, if you don't get these right, it's not going to work. So I can tell you, hey, you need to have 70% retention. So 70% of people still watching your video at the one minute mark. Like, okay, cool. That's nothing groundbreaking. And I say that again on the 10th call and the 20th call. Like, why are we still going over this? It's because you're not doing it. You're not good <laughs> enough at it that it's not a problem. And nobody hits 70% every single time. So it's always something we can work on. And so when I'm working with clients, there's five big things and we are digging in over and over. Here's how we can make this better. Here's how we can prove this. Here's a, it, it's not about you knowing the thing to do. It's like exercise. Everybody knows we should, you know, eat healthier, whatever that means to you and exercise yeah. better, whatever that means to you. There's a lot of things there, but just because I say that doesn't mean you're doing it or that you even really know how to do it. Like you've got to dig in and really learn these things. And that's what the calls are like when you pay for them. But I can give the secret sauce away at the beginning because you can't learn what I know in 10 minutes. It's not going to happen. It took a lot of time to just basically learn the basics. Mm -hmm. And then like the, there's this application phase where it's like, uh, I don't know, like a, a lot of my, my, a lot of my clients actually uh, have like a video and they want to mm. optimize the video where I have to step back a little bit and then tell them, Hey, actually like you have to work on the, on the video first, because like, mm -hmm. if you don't get the attention of, of the viewers, it's just like really hard to optimize a video. You can add like all of the different tags and yeah. uh, keywords and everything <laughs> in it. And it will not work because like YouTube will not recommend it. So actually mm -hmm. like. Um, this, this is one of the things that I heard you uh, talking about, like, uh, keywords and stuff like this. Like, what's your, what's your opinion on that? That would be interesting yeah. to hear. Yeah. So a little backstory actually helped kind of what you were doing with, uh, 
two Fortune 500 companies had a bunch of videos. I actually got to optimize a uh, Super Bowl ad um, for YouTube. So it was it was cool. Awesome. But again, it was yeah. it was the keywords. It was the title. It was the things that don't matter as much. If you don't get the the things that are most important right, those things don't matter as much. If you do get the things that are most important right, those can play a role, but you're focusing on you know, the 80% of work that's getting you the 20% of results. That's not where you need to focus. And it also depends on what area of YouTube that you're in. Too often people think, oh, I'm, I create content on YouTube. It's like, okay, <laughs> what section of YouTube are you in? Like, are you a Mr. Beast? Are you a camera reviewer? Are you a education? Are you a podcast? Are right. you like, what kind of content are you creating? So if you are reviewing a camera, Search is going to be a lot of where you get your views. Keywords are going to be very, very important for you. I don't know the numbers because that's not the area that we're right. in, but I would right. guess 70% of your views are going to be search. Like it's going to be a, a large amount because it's a very specific thing. It's sure. very like it's search based. For education, 70% yeah. of views come from suggested. So that's YouTube recommending the video to people it knows likes it. So keywords for that is not nearly as important as a few other things like your thumbnail and the first, like there's a few things you need to do to send signals to YouTube to get them to recommend it. Keywords is not one of them. Search is great. Like we're not going to say no to mm -hmm. views that way, but it's not the game we play. Yeah. So, uh, what would you, would you recommend? Like what are the most common mistakes that people do? Like with a YouTube podcast, most common mistakes. Yeah. Let's talk about the uh, podcast and then generally about content creation. Um, oh, okay. Oh, okay. So top three mistakes for a YouTube podcast is one, having thumbnails that don't hook people in having like you have podcast art or you have some, something that you like the look of and you're like, cool, this will make a great thumbnail. The real question is, are there three to six words on there that hook the viewer in and actually, you know, are going to be delivered on in the episode? Yeah, if you don't get right. that right, nobody's going to click on your video. Second thing is that first 30 to 60 seconds. Too often people start in with a bumper um, of their podcast or they start in with the first question, which you know, is usually, hey, tell us a little bit about you. Yeah. You know, something to that effect. It's like, I don't know this. I'm a first time viewer. I don't know this person. I don't care about this person. I will once you make me care about them, once they share some value. But if I haven't had that first, you hooked me in with these three to six words on the thumbnail and I'm not feeling like you're going to deliver. And so creating kind of like a mini trailer, we call them a coming soon. 30 to 60 seconds at the beginning of just gold nuggets. Just like when people get really fired up and you're like, that makes me want to watch. And it relates to the the thumbnail. And so putting that at the beginning and then there's a lot. Um, this, <laughs> yeah, I, I know. Biggest because, like, one. Go ahead. For me, like for, because podcast is something that you talk about all kinds of stuff, like during the mm -hmm. episode. So it's, it's really uh, uh, the important part at least for me is like to to hook me in the beginning where you yeah. just uh take one piece of information that is like like the gold nugget of the whole show and then you put it in front of the the video and then like try to also optimize for one specific thing from the podcast because yeah. it's like uh it's really challenging to to have like a an hour long podcast um and then you you try to optimize for everything. So if you try to optimize for everything, it's like, it's not going to work because like you need to have one specific that everyone is like interested in. So yeah, like, uh, that's, 
on that. That actually shifts the number three that I wanted to share because this I think this is probably the biggest one um, is not anchoring in your show as the host. And so one way to do this is to do solo podcast episodes, sharing mm-hmm. your expertise. Another way is to talk kind of like this. You, you're talking more like some interviewers. It's like I ask the question. That's it. I'd be quiet. <laughs> yeah. You're sharing your expertise where it's a conversation. And so yeah. you want people to come back for you as the host. And the guest is just that cherry on top that sweet. I get to hear from them this week, but I'm really here because I know how Pat is going to ask amazing questions and give some insights that I'm curious how he's going to say it and what he's going to share. Guest is great. They do bring value. But if your show isn't anchored in as the host, it's not going to do what you wanted to do. I had a client that had created videos for 10 years and she Mm -hmm. just didn't get to where she wanted to be. And finally, it was like, hey, here's my goal. Here's the thing I want to do. It's like, okay, if that was your goal, we should have been working on this years ago because you've done all the work, Mm -hmm. but you just didn't know what your goal was. And so being someone that people want to come back for, like you think of your top favorite podcasters, Joe Rogan being one most people know, you don't come back because of Joe Rogan's guests. You come back because you know Joe Rogan's going to make the experience amazing. Yeah, that's true. Like asking the right questions, like what what, what would be... Yeah, for for me it's like um, I'm tr- I'm trying to to keep it like very conversational and yeah, uh, and I think it's it's really easy to do it if I know you, for example. So yeah. I I know you and I know what kind of questions I can ask you. Um, but what would be one secret, let's say, uh, to what, what kind of questions or like how to approach question uh, asking questions when you don't know the 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 guest so much. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that my advice there would be, and I do this naturally, so I know not everyone does this, but research your guests as much as you possibly can. Mm-hmm. Um, like Evan, when I brought him on, um, he, I mean, I'm in a couple of his groups because, you know, I help train people um, that are learning YouTube, but uh, he gave me a compliment. He's like, you were one of the most prepared interviewers <laughs> I've ever had on any show ever. I was like, whoa, like, okay, I watched 40 hours of his content. Like I really did the work. And if you really dig into any of the big podcasters, Joe Rogan, I mean, Chris Williamson is one that I love lately. And you hear the process that they go through to study their guests before they have them on. They're doing more work than I did. Mm -hmm. Um, And not that you need to go spend a week worth of listening to someone's content, but if you're going to have someone on the show while you're, I don't know, driving to and from work, whatever it is that you're doing, listen to any interviews that they've done. Um, I have Augie from VidChops coming on my show. I was mm-hmm. like, this is kind of cool. And I he's done a few interviews, not a lot, a few. I'm going to go listen to every single one. I'm going to try to ask questions that he hasn't been asked, unless it's a question I really want to know about. But I want to know and ask questions I'm genuinely interested in because the audience is going to hear that enthusiasm. If I'm just kind of like, oh, yeah, um, what about your business? Like, if I'm not interested, it, yeah. it's not going to be a good interview. If I'm genuinely interested... It's going to go well. Yeah. If I'm, because I'm interested in, in podcasting and generally content creation, I'm yeah. way easier for me to, to ask questions uh, around the topic. Let's, let's, let's go back to, to like the business uh, side of things. Yeah. Like uh, you mentioned that you create a video and then you mm-hmm. send it. Yeah. Um, where do you send it? Like sometimes yeah. it's like really difficult to even get people, ex- uh, like the people accept you on, on LinkedIn because you, yeah. And then, then of course, there's this component of like getting pitched by someone like yeah. a random person on the internet. Like, <laughs> so, yes. So that's that's 
I, at least like for me, like even getting guests on a, on a podcast was like, is really challenging. Like, yeah. let's talk about like generally outreach, like how, where do you uh, find like the best channels to, to yeah. write to people and how do you do it? Yeah. So this is contextual on like, who is it that you're reaching out to? Some of the people I reach out to have a million followers on Instagram. That makes it a bad option. But I, the main few that I try to reach out to everyone on Instagram is a great one. Um, okay. Works more often than you would think it would. LinkedIn can work quite frequently. Again, mm -hmm. like you said, there's some issues with connecting with people. But what you'll find usually is like if they have a million on Instagram, maybe they have 10,000 or 20,000 on LinkedIn. And so that's going to yeah. be an easier avenue. Um, find their emails, go to their websites, submit through. I've actually submitted some videos through um, like um, service request forms. Um, and okay. I, I like to use the loom because the loom shows you when someone watches it and notifies you. And I can't tell you how many people, because before I was asking, Hey, can I send you this video? Is this the best yeah. place to send the video? Never would get a response. Send the loom video. It still doesn't show that it's been read, but I see a notification that the video has been watched. And so I'm like, Oh, I know if it's been watched, maybe I send a follow up video. Maybe like there's things I can do because I've been notified that it's been, um, viewed. So email, LinkedIn, Instagram. Whatever social media platform you're most active on um, is probably the best place to reach out, but make it about them. I, we were actually on a training call earlier this morning, and um, we're talking about the three different types of podcast shows that you can do. And someone's mm -hmm. like, I'm having trouble getting people on. What What is going on? It's like, don't, when you're reaching out to have someone on your show, it's not about you. It's about them. Your show is about X, and how do they fit into it? How are they going to benefit by being on your show. Usually like it's flattery enough to be like, Hey, you want to interview me on your show? I've never been asked to be interviewed. This is awesome. Sometimes yeah. there's apprehension, but if there's any scent of you wanting to pitch them or like offer anything, it's like, Oh, it's a sales pitch instead of, Oh, he's just genuinely interested and just wants to hear yeah. my opinion. And in those types of shows, that's when you really just get to know them. You might share a little bit about what you do, but not in a salesy way. And almost always at the end of the show, they're like, Hey, you mentioned you do this, like, and conversation <laughs> starts. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's actually funny because uh, um, that's exactly what I what I did like with my first guest, Don Rattrick, which is like I researched uh, him first of all. Like, yeah. I, I I listened to a couple of of, of his episodes. Uh, he has has his own podcast, and then I just wrote, "Hey, um, I'm you, you talked about AI, and I'm really interested in it." Uh, and then he, I got a response actually. And, but the loom thing, that's, that's awesome. That's an awesome hack kind of, uh, to, because you get notified that when someone watches it, so it's, haven't, haven't thought about it. So it's yeah. a, it's a great way to, to actually see like, if there's even like, a re, like a, a response in, in, the, in the form of a notification, like when, when people yeah. watch it, um, and one of the things that I saw, like uh, I, someone reached out to me actually on my on my company, like the Tubix company email, and uh, yeah. they they kind of like did this standard like you know outreach. They uh, wrote like a standard whatever blah blah blah, uh, and then they actually um, opened up like my website, and they there was like my 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 website in the background, and they were talking about the the website. Yep. And I was like, exactly. oh my God, that's exactly what it was like. Like with normal salesy emails, you can't get my attention. But yeah, I ha had the feeling that it was a little bit automated. Okay. So, so, yeah. but, but I think if, if you, you're generally interested in someone and you 
really do this like not in a non-automated way where you just like really are there and then you look mm -hmm. at the channel and stuff like this that, that could work really well it depends on your service too like for me i'm high ticket services so i can do this i can spend 10 or 15 minutes per person i'm outreaching to if you need volume this this game doesn't work as well and maybe asking hey can i send you a video works better mm -hmm. you're gonna get a lot a lot less responses but you need a lot more responses. So it's not going to work for every business, but I think that's that's brilliant. And that's the loom. That's what I do. I make sure I'm always just in the corner because when I send the link, it sends a generated thumbnail. And so they see their YouTube channel right there. And they're like, yeah. oh, what the? <laughs> like, that <laughs> works. Cool. So how many uh, how many of, of those messages you need to send out to actually get a response or like yeah. get a client? Like, what's your, what's your ratio, basically? Yeah, so on those... Sending the video initially is a lot higher. I think like I didn't used to do it that way. And so I outreached to like 40 people and, you know, like four of them. So it was like 10%. It was actually fairly good, but I didn't send 40 videos. I just outreached to 40 people. Um, now, like sending the videos, I'm trying to send one or two every single day because it is a lot of work. And so it's like, mm -hmm. hey, I'm just going to do a few every day, whether I need clients or not. And I think of those, I've only sent maybe a dozen and I've gotten one client and then two client calls. So it's even higher. It's like 30%, like 25%. It's it's working really, really well. And also the cool thing I, I like about the just creating the videos is one, you get better at creating them. So when you do send them, they're better quality. But two, yeah. you get faster at analyzing where people can improve and start seeing you know patterns because you're mm -hmm. like maximum, I could maybe work with 15 clients. Like, that's maybe a little bit more, but not much. If I'm analyzing, you know, one or two dozen video or channels every single week, not that I can't do it already, but I'm getting really fast at it. I'm getting really good at it. I'm practicing my craft all the time. You're seeing patterns that are just people just keep repeating. Uh... Yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. The the first two mistakes, the thumbnail and the intro, and the last one is actually at the end of your video telling people what to watch next instead of just letting YouTube pick. Those three things, 90% of channels get wrong and okay. very, very easy fixes. Okay, cool. Um, I have like a couple of questions that I wanted to ask you as well. Like uh, what what are the things that help you like uh, stay organized like and uh, manage your time effectively? Yeah, this one again, like, like we talked about earlier, this is hard for me. Um, <laughs> waking up at the same time every single day, I'm not there yet, but that's been a huge help, making sure I have blocks of time on my calendar and schedule everything. That's mm -hmm. That's been huge. Set it off in your calendar. Make sure when it's in your calendar, you actually do it. But again, going back to like understanding how your brain works. So mm -hmm. for Evan, he's like, just put it in your calendar and just do it. And I'm like, my brain, I can train that, I'm sure, but I'm not there yet. And so I know if I have my book <laughs> okay. and I write it down and I go through my schedule the night before and I write everything down, like, oh, yeah, I remember. I actually have something. Let me check my calendar. Because otherwise, I have my calendar open. I just don't check it like I should. And so figuring out little things like that is helpful. Um, and just making sure that you have time to be still, to have time to think to yourself. The one big downfall of ASD is I, I'm so hungry for knowledge. I want it all the time. And so I'm constantly listening to audiobooks. You know, I usually listen to two a week on top of the podcast I'm listening to, on top of client content. Like I, I just love listening and learning. Mm -hmm. But taking time to sit and relax and be like, hey, I'm not going to listen to anything. I'm not going to think about anything. 
except for one problem. So, you know, I walked my dog a couple days ago. I'm like, cool, the client outreach process, what can I do to improve that? And just think about it and just let it sit. And you know enough, you have enough in you, but if you don't give yourself time to think about some of those problems, all your other organizations going to be off because you have these subconscious problems and you know you need to solve them and they're eating at you without you knowing that. And so just giving your, like, sit down, ask your, ask yourself, like, what is the biggest problem I have in my business right now? And just sit there. What's the first thought that comes to mind? Yeah. Start to work on it and organize that way. So that's, that's actually something that I, I've been struggling as a lot with, uh, uh, myself, which is like, um, I have this one problem that I want to solve. And then like, I discovered this podcast that is like exactly talking about those things. And then yeah. I kind of like start a binge of like just listening to every episode that they recorded. Yeah. And uh, it's not beneficial for your business. Like you, you don't get any, any further with like, even if you like listen to the like, binge, listen to like all of the episode, it's just a, like, there's just one small thing that you need to find out and you should, mm. you should get at it. You should find it out and then just implement it. And uh, I wanted to talk about like one of the things that I noticed uh, specifically uh, to uh, the content creation that, that you're, you're doing, mm -hmm. uh, because like last year you were like on this like content creation binge and now yeah. I see you, you, you do uh, way less content, but it's like super high quality content. Yeah. Um, generally let's talk about like, do you see any, like how much of your business is like content creation? Like how valuable is, is this? Yeah. And how, how much is it like actively out, uh, outreaching? Like, where's the balance? Like kind of like yeah. what's more important and like, how do you see things, uh, in, in regards to that? Yeah. Yeah. So for my business specifically, content gets me no clients. The clients that I want won't watch my content. They're too busy. They're doing too many things. Like they don't consume much content at all. Right. But if I'm thinking about someone listening to this, there's three show types when you're creating content. And usually people do this in the reverse order. I'm going to give it to you the yeah. order that, well, I'll give it to you in the reverse order, the one they normally start with. Uh, normally they're creating thought leadership content. So essentially that's you sharing your opinions, you sharing the things that have helped you and you're giving your ideas. Like if you were to be known in five or 10 years from now, this is the type of thing you'd be known for. And so I do create some of that content because I do want to be known in five or 10 years for YouTube podcasting. Right. That's not gotten me any clients. It's not likely to. That's where most people start and stop because they give up because they're not making money from the content. Like, oh, yeah. I got to go build the business. Oh, I got to go get client. Like, it's or not a revenue driver. Or you sometimes you even attract like the, the wrong type of person. Yes. Because like when I was doing the con uh, content in, in uh, on my Polish channel, uh, I, I I was doing like the basic stuff, and uh, you, you if you do basic stuff, you get the basic people like the the people who just are starting out who don't have money, don't have expertise, and yeah. they just don't have money to like invest in in themselves. So yeah. <laughs> that's hundred percent. Yeah. So so yeah. What what are the remaining parts? Uh, yeah. And like one last thing on that is th those are great types of content create. If if you want to launch a book in five or 10 years, if you want to get paid for speaking, like if you want some of these things, do that content. Just yeah. know that right now it's probably not going to get a lot of views. It shouldn't take up a lot of your time and it's probably not going to get you any clients. So just be okay knowing, hey, this is my investment for five, 10 years down the road. When you're investing, you don't invest 90% of your income into some, like you give like a 10% and you're like, cool, this yeah. is going to grow. It's It's great. Um, the second show type is show the process. And this is, if you have a course, 
if you're coaching or consulting, if there's some way for you to show the thing you do. So we keep our client list private so that I wouldn't do this with a client, but maybe I bring someone on and say, hey, we're going to do a deep dive on your channel. I'm going to treat you as if I was coaching you and consulting you exactly like I would a client. Right. Maybe it is paid. Maybe it's free. That is up to you to determine. But I'm going to show a video of exactly what the process looks like so that when people watch it, one, they're getting value. Two, the person I'm on the call with is getting help. But three, people know I offer this as a service or I offer a course that helps. And so maybe maybe someone's taking your course and you don't actually offer coaching or consulting. And you're like, hey, I want to pull you on for a one-on-one -on -one to create some content. You know, this person is a member of my course. They come on, hey, the course is absolutely amazing. We're talking about you having a course without actually talking about the course. It's not an advertisement. They just now know, hey, you have a course. Then they see how good you are and they want to buy your thing. Um, that's the second show type. If you have stuff to sell, do that. That's giving away the secret sauce without... I mean, yeah. people see that you know what you're talking about. Um, they want to hire you. The third one is biz dev. And this is find a referral partner. Find someone that if your video got zero views, the relationship mm -hmm. is worth it. Maybe they become a client. Maybe they become someone that sends you clients. Maybe they, they benefit your business in some yeah. way. And this is where you're going to them and say, hey, will you be on my show? I'm very interested in you. I want to learn about you and your business. Right. These aren't going to get a lot of views, but you can learn a lot about a business and how to help them by interviewing them for an hour with their guard down because they're not mm -hmm. expecting you to sell to them. You're not going to sell to them, but you might hint at, hey, you know, I actually do some things that might be helpful for you. And if they're interested, they'll bring it up. And then they're interested in you have a warm, warm lead because you just spent an hour getting to know, like, and trust each other. So what, what type of content uh, are you creating right now? So because, yeah. so you... I believe you sh you shifted a little bit from the beginner stuff mm. kind of thing to yeah. more specific things that don't get so many views, but they are yeah. very valuable for a certain group of people, right? Yeah. Yeah. So really my content now is geared towards entrepreneurs who want to have a video podcast, a YouTube podcast. Like if mm -hmm. you have some sort of like knowledge-based skill, something you could share, mm -hmm. um, basically like it's, my mission is to help those with a message or a mission to become known and those who you know are known to become legendary. So the first part of that, if you're on a mission and nobody knows you, you can't afford to pay me. Like, you right. can't, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. That's what my content's for. I want to help you go from, hey, I am on a mission and I need more people to know about it so I can help the world. I can change the world. Cool. Let's get you known. And then once you're known, maybe I helped you enough and you want to hire me. So we're going to take you from being known to legendary to having six or seven figure followings on so YouTube specifically, but social media so that you have a business that's doing five, six, seven figures a month. And you can be able to do all the things that you wanted to and change the world in the way that you wanted to. So you mentioned that you, you're about to, or like you're in the process of writing a book. Um, how, what, what, what type of things you would you want to, sh or like what type of things uh, do you want to share in that book? Um, so the accidentally on purpose book, the thing, I think for me, the, it's the first of many books. I don't know how many books I'm going to write, but I, I feel that when I was 16, I had someone, um, that just believed in me and she's like, Zach, one day there's going to be a book written about you. And the first instinct was like, you're crazy lady. Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? But I had this little, 
I don't know if it's a voice or what inside my head. And it's like, yeah, there will be. And I was like, um, I, I believe you like, yeah, I think there will be. Um, and so this first book is really more therapeutic for me than anything. I think I, I wanted to share lessons and make sure that people can learn from all the things that I've had to go through the hard, the good, the bad, the ugly. Um, but a big part of what I hope it does is finds those men who are struggling mentally. I have in my family a history of mental illness and the average age of the past two generations in my family is mid forties because of mental illness. Wow. And it's, it's so deep. It is. Yeah. It's, it's driven a lot of my decisions in life. A lot of like the working out over the past two decades, it drives that like, I want to be around for my kids and my grandkids and maybe my great grandkids. If I make it to great grandkids, I will like have out survived everyone in the past two generations for my, my family. Like it's, it's, it's hard. It's heavy. Um, but I hope that the, the message in there hits it, at least a handful of men who wouldn't be around without someone helping them and it gets them through those hard times. Man, I got goosebumps, you know, it's just like, for me, it's like, it's such an important topic because like my, my wife is, uh, is a coach, uh, like, uh, she really talks with a lot of uh, people just struggling and, uh, not being like in the, let's say in, in the part of, of like in the group of people that are like being accepted, like by, by generally like yeah. by society and, and then, uh, so that's a, that's a really important topic to talk about. And, uh, um, I, I just, I love how, um, social media or specifically like TikTok just, uh, surfaces those important things like to, to people sometimes, like you, you see a lot of content on ADHD recently. Uh, yeah. I, I saw a lot of, a lot of like creators just, uh, making people aware of, of things like that. So I'm yeah. really glad that you, you also, um, share your journey with, with that kind of book. I'm, I'm definitely going to read it whenever, whenever it's out. And, uh, so appreciate that. I'll send you a signed copy. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> love to, love to see, love to have it. I, I will frame it, yeah. you know, one cup, one, yes. one copy, one copy for reading one, one framed, you know, <laughs> one for frame. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Awesome. Um, so what, what would be one last, um, advice, uh, to, to our audience, um, some parting words? Yeah. I think the lesson that I've been taking in most lately, and I think any creative can relate to this is that you need to do the hard things. Like you are probably thinking you're doing, you know, operating at a six or seven or eight out of 10. But if you really look at it, you're doing a lot of busy work. You're doing a lot of things that aren't helping your business. They aren't helping your personal life. They are distracting you. And for me, I've had to boil it down. What is one or two things for each area of my life that I really need to focus on and really do the work? Um, you know, I, I, I thought I was a six or seven out of 10. And recently I've been looking at things. And I'm like, I honestly, I'm probably more like a three out of 10. Like I've been telling myself that I'm working hard, but I'm shying away from the hard work because it's uncomfortable as a creative. I, I just want to make things. I just, I want to be all over the place and just have fun. But it takes that discipline of really doing the hard work and mm -hmm. making sure you're focusing on the things that matter most to really get to where you want to be. You can play all you want when you are bringing in a million dollars a year. Like, yeah. And I believe anyone listening to this can get there. Is that easy? No. 
and maybe it's a million dollars every two or three years. You can get there though. If you'll focus, if you'll do the things that matter most and work hard, really hard. Society right now is, we're, we're, we're weak, we're lazy. I'm throwing myself in there because I, I haven't done nearly as much as I could as well. Mm-hmm. But if you'll push yourself, you can get there. You'll live a life that you absolutely love way faster than you ever thought you could. And uh, just focus on those things that matter most. Absolutely. I believe that as well. I really appreciate you having uh, being on the on the show and sharing your knowledge. Uh, it was fun. We should definitely do it again sometimes. Uh, Absolutely. And uh, who would you invite uh, as, a, as a guest? Like, Ooh. Maybe, I don't know if you've heard of Dylan Schmidt. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, I've heard. Yeah, yeah he, he he does like the content clips editing. Content clips, yeah. Yeah, cool. yeah he, he, as far as like content and like good lessons for creatives and building a business and yeah, he's got he's got a pretty cool story. Cool, I will invite him. <laughs> so, what, awesome. where can people find you? Yeah, um, if you want to look me up on YouTube, it's at like the handle YouTube use handles now. Uh, it's Zach Dot Mitchum, um, or on LinkedIn, um, Zach Mitchum as well. Uh, those are the two places I'm most active. Uh, yeah, cool. That's a wrap. Keep creating. Uh, stay productive, and uh, yeah, see you. See you around. See ya. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's show. If you haven't already listened to some of the past episodes, I wanted to give you a couple of options. So here are a couple of guest episodes that you might like. On episode one, we learned how Sev grew to 1.1 million followers on TikTok. Episode three, how to make money streaming on Amazon Live. Episode five, we learned how Chris Doe grew to 2 million subscribers and what he would do if he were starting over in 2022. Episode seven is how an 18-year-old built a five-figure a month business on TikTok. And episode nine is how to grow and monetize your podcast. I hope one of those sounded interesting to you. If they did, I'll see you in the next episode. If not, make sure to go to the show notes and connect with me on LinkedIn and let me know who my next guest should be.